Welcome to Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. We are the retro show that remembers all the baby boomer memories. If you were born bet- right around between the years of 1945 and 1965, this show is for you. I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. Today we're going to look back at some of the exciting adventures. And we're not talking about going across the world or up the Blue Danube or in the Canadian Rockies. We're talking about the adventures that you could find just exploring, walking, traveling, just searching around your own neighborhood, you know, from your backyard over to your neighbor's backyard and a few blocks over and some some of the majestic things you'd see just venturing a few blocks over from from your own home it was an interesting time smitty growing up when you're when you're a little kid on you know eight nine ten years old and you're pretty used to your backyard and your front yard and in your block you know all the people and you know the the comings and goings of everyone but there comes a time as a rite of passage when you when you venture off that curb and cross the street and maybe go up a block or two, remember your old neighborhood, Smitty? Wow, Mike. Yeah, I do. What a flood of memories that just brings a lot of a lot of memories. I think maybe a lot of our listeners can associate with with this as well. You know, my neighborhood. One thing I think I think I probably brought it up in the past. I was an only child when I was little, so my mom was very protective of me, overprotective of me. So any opportunity to kind of get away from the neighborhood or get away from our street and kind of go up a block or two, and it was like it was a different world, a completely different world, different houses, different people, different cars, different things. It was just really, really amazing to just see the different streets nearby, really just a block or two away or even way further down our own block, you know, down our own street wondering, you know, who lived there and who were these people and are there any kids that want to play here and, uh, you know, is there anything neat around the next corners or some undisturbed treasure that I might find and uh, just a flood of memories, Mike, from the time period when we were all kids. Interesting you say that, Smitty, because even where I grew up in Los Angeles in the suburbs in northeast Los Angeles, they would not be considered as part of like today's subdivisions where all the homes look the same. They're smaller lots, two-story houses, little tiny backyard, and you can hear your neighbor take a shower. The way. Yeah. These were bigger lots, and they had nice backyards, and but they were in regular residential blocks. But all the houses were different. They didn't all look the same. You had a, a house maybe three or four do- doors down the street. It was a two-story house, an older house. In fact, all the houses in my neighborhood were built, oh, probably around the years between 1910 and 1928. So there were some very old homes, some very old rustic home, craftsman mm-hmm. style. There was a couple of Victorian style homes. But we'd go in the backyards, and the, and the lots were separated by chain-link fences or old wood fences, which had probably gone up in the 1920s. Uh, you move along forward 40 years, and these these fence boards start to rot off or the chain link starts to be bent and 
we as as little kids we would explore the other neighbors' backyards mm-hmm. by virtue of traveling across backyards through fences. We'd pull the f- chain link and go under and what an amazing adventure to see someone's backyard. Uh, when you're only used to seeing your yard, this was in Los Angeles when all, all the backyards had incinerators because in L.A. you used to be able to burn your trash. And so most of the backyards had these big concrete monstrosities with exhaust towers built on them called incinerators. But we would crawl around and go three, four, five doors over just crawling over the backyard fences. And we'd watch the neighbor lady hanging up her clothes to dry and maybe in one neighbor's backyard, and we never knew this because we'd walk the sidewalks, never knew it was in the backyards or behind the house. There was a neighbor, and he had an old limousine, an old, maybe a nineteen mid-1930s Cadillac limousine. Wow. And it, the tires were taken off, and it was on jacks, but it was black, and had the old muslin curtains, and we just thought that was spellbinding that sure. that old black car it was a black mariah and then we'd go over a couple of doors over and there was a neighbor who uh he had car parts all over the backyard it looked like a, a rear end for a pickup truck and an old hood to an old dodge truck and and just the wonders that were in people's backyards that you would never know because first of all you didn't know the neighbor secondly you didn't you know most everybody kept their yards up in the front but you didn't know what what magic or, or what creepy things, for in some cases, could be found in the backyards. You talk about maybe going a few blocks over. It was almost a different planet when you'd leave your neighborhood, your block or two, and go up a few streets. The houses were different. It seemed like the people behaved differently. Maybe they're maybe they're aliens from another planet yeah. to some degree. Yeah, maybe they were Jovians from Jupiter or they were from Saturn or something. Yeah, you know, or, or maybe Martians, you know. Or but even the the really creepy ones from La Mesa. Oh, yes. <laughs> or National City. Oh, no. But anyway. <laughs> but, um, Mike, when you, were, uh, when you were doing this and you say you were watching maybe the, the, the lady hang her laundry, maybe there was a guy washing his car, maybe there was somebody else that was building something, did they know that you were looking at them or were you watching them in a clandestine way? Yeah, we were very stealth like. <laughs> and even if had you been caught, you know, you're 10, 11 year old little boys, and maybe my cousin, one of my girl cousins, and they'd, they'd wave at you, hi, you know? Yeah. They sure. were saying, what are you doing in my backyard? Yeah. I'm going to call the cops. Yeah. We're going to go talk to your parents. But yeah. we didn't get caught, but we would, we, I remember in several instances we would pack some snacks. And go out exploring. Exploring, yeah. And yeah. one of the one of the most ama- amazing things I'd ever encountered was about three or four blocks from our house, and didn't know this because we were limited to our block or just our, our general street on our bicycles. But as you got older, you got more freedom to travel from your parents. And we went a few blocks over, and there was an alley, mm-hmm. an alleyway connecting a block. And this was three blocks from our house. And we got brave enough, and my brothers and I got on our bikes, and we traveled down this dirt alley into the backs of people's garages, and we could see their backyards, and it was an entirely different civilization as Mm -hmm. far as we were concerned, where people didn't take their trash out in the front. They just brought it out to the alley on trash night and, and junk and things that were abandoned and thrown out in the dark of night, people going down the dark alley and and maybe throwing an old 
ottoman out in the, yeah. Out oh, in yeah. the side. Sure, yeah. And this is where the kids would, you know, maybe you would go steal a couple of cigarettes from your from your mom's junk drawer in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you'd go to that same alley, and there would be an old rocking chair that was abandoned there, and that's where you would light up. Yep, yeah, you'd light up. And that take, was your smoking lounge. Take a puff and yeah. Yeah, watch the scenery. And yeah. You were a safe distance away, so you wouldn't be caught. Right. Not be caught by anyone that knew you by, by chance, but... Uh, some of the things, as you traveled off into the other neighborhoods, uh, the kids were different. Yeah. You weren't quite sure if uh, if you had the privilege to pass in on that yeah. block. Yeah. It, it could be an area that you maybe were reluctant to walk through because you didn't know anybody over there. It might be enemy territory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was always that hesitancy also. as like, is there somebody going to come out here that's going to say, hey, you're in my area, get out, you know, or... Want to hurt you, you know? Want to want to take a punch at you or something, you know? But no, Mike. I remember that too. I remember going down uh, the alley behind our house was like a, I mean, to me, to a little kid, was just like uncharted territory. Uncharted. There was no telling what was out there. It could be something scary. It could be something really fun. And like you said, looking in the backs of people's houses, you're amazed to see all. Every house is different. There were different things in the backyards. I remember uh, in a street that was nearby, there was on the way over to a little grocery store that was uh, several blocks away. And uh, and on the street, I I don't know really how it was laid out, but there were a lot of garages that gave out to the street, but they were all closed up. They, you know, they were old, the old garages, not with a roll-up door, but with two swinging doors that would close. And I'd wonder, what's in there? Who's in there? Who lives there? What are they doing in there? You know, is there anything really neat in there? Just wondering, just your imagination would just take off. Wondering who lived there and what was there, and was there something good that I might be able to find there, some treasure or something that might be of, of interest, or was there something scary? Well, sure, and then in the older homes, the ones like you and I grew up in, we might have been the third or fourth generation residents of yeah. that home. Yeah. As I say, some, a lot of these homes in, in my neighborhood were built in 1910, 1915, sure. 1918. Yeah. And by the time two, three, four families had passed through the doors of that home, and each time leaving something, leaving right. things in the garage. Uh, there, I remember in our garage there, were, there was an old me- medicine cabinet on the post, on one of the support posts in the mm-hmm. garage. Mm-hmm. And it was too high; we could never reach it. it. Had a mirror on it and a little little medicine cupboard. I always wondered what was in there. And yeah. and then one day I got my dad's stepladder, and we got up there, and and always enjoying the old things like you and I yeah. have talked about. We opened it up, and there there was a bottle of iodine and an old bandage, a tin can, and wow. we just wondered the people who had lived there. What year? When was this last opened? I talked in a previous show about exploring underneath our house, mm-hmm. uh, crawl spaces. Sure. A lot of the homes, most of the homes in, in L.A. had a crawl space in an attic. We'd go into the crawl space, and we found a tool chest under the house one time. And it had a padlock on it, and we were convinced that it probably had silver dollars in it yeah. or, or something of value and. We pulled this thing out, and we were so thrilled, and we got a neighbor. I, my cousin had lived across the street, and he had a chisel with a hammer, and we chiseled off the lock and the hasp and opened it up and, and in this old toolbox, uh, and we 
our excitement level was so high and, and our hearts were beating so fast and we finally broke open the hasp of this old toolbox and, and found assorted tools. Wow. Okay. So, tools in a toolbox made a lot of sense, but yeah. it was the exploration and the excitement and the angst of, of coming upon something, a treasure. You ever found something in on trash night in the neighbor's trash smitty and, and you decided you better bring that home? Oh, yeah. How, many, could, they, how could they throw that away? Yes, many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, found things in the trash that were either just too cool to leave behind or something that would be fun to take apart or explore. And I mean, vacuum cleaners and radios and uh, electronic gizmos and all kinds of things. Oh, this needs to come home with me. Well, and it was a time, too... In the 30s and 40s, people just didn't go out and buy a new something yeah. because the something they had broke, they would repair it. Repair, so yeah. a lot of these backyards, people would take out the old part and just throw it in the corner. Sure. Uh, washing machine belts and oh, yeah. maybe the doors or the caster wheels to a, a trundle bed. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't throw those away because you didn't do that when you lived in the Depression because yeah. you might not have another one. You may need it someday. Uh, I know when my dad passed away, he left about... Almost a dozen peanut butter jars and mayonnaise jars full of screws and yeah. washers and yeah. and little doodads that maybe he had left over when he placed a part of our toilet. Yeah. But those went into a jar. And sure. you imagine that times millions and millions of homes. And there's a lot of treasures still out there to be found. There's a lot of garages still out there with dirt with dirt floors. It's amazing, yeah, that they're still out there and they're still... Things to be discovered, you know, Mike. Uh, there's still houses that have been, garages that have been abandoned and been sealed up. Or maybe the people are very elderly and they don't go out there anymore. Maybe there's even an old car in there that's been sitting there for the past 35 years or so, you know. But it's interesting. Yeah, I remember uh, there was a neighbor uh, several houses down from me at one time when I was uh, a kid. And the guy was taking apart a car. I think it was an old Chevrolet Malibu or something, or a Nova or something that was in a vacant lot next to his uh, house. And a friend of mine and I went over there one time and said, hey, can we uh, come over and take things apart on this car? He goes, yeah, go ahead and come on over and take things apart. We thought we just had a blast taking little screws and little, we took some of the reflectors off and the nameplate off. And that was just absolutely fantastic to go there and do that. Well, Smitty, you and I have often talked, we're, I don't know if we're known as old souls or what, but we've always, always had a love and a passion for things that are old. old. Even, even as children growing up, you, you and I have talked many times about you'd search out the old things and wondered who held that. Maybe yeah. it was an old Coke bottle in someone's backyard under the porch and, and wondered who drank from that. What year was it? What, mm-hmm. was, what was going on at the time? And you think about... The old homes and, and maybe the old cars. Uh, you, and have, you and I have had a number of old cars. You still have you still have one that I really enjoy looking at. But some of the things that you've found and acquired over the years, you've acquired them and held on to them because of, of the sensitivity or the sensuality of knowing that that belonged to somebody. Uh, not just talking about clothes that somebody had worn, but maybe maybe a set of tools. Absolutely. I went to a garage sale up near uh, where I live, uh, up in Rancho Bernardo, and it's it's a senior community. A lot of people would go there. It was built in the 60s, and people would go there to retire and bring their stuff. And as they passed on, 
their stuff pretty much was relegated out to a folding card table on on rummage sale day. Right, yeah, yeah. And I got a set of old wrenches one time for five bucks, and it was a complete set in an old greasy canvas wraparound carryall. And these these wrenches were stamped. They were made by Ford. I guess Ford Motor Company made their own tools at one time. Yeah, I think they did, yeah. And I thought about, I wonder if the guy worked on his Model T, or maybe these were handed down by his dad, and sure. this gentleman is long gone. And much of where I'm going with this is a lot of that, you get that feeling and, and that sensitivity when you look at old homes in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, first thing people want to say, oh, it's haunted, that house there. <laughs> that house was built in 1910, and there was a murder there. Yeah. And there was a this or a that, but you wonder about the people in your community who had been here even before our parents and started the community sure and lived in these homes and and the things that went on the the parties and the interaction with neighbors on the front porch oh yeah and you lived in an older part of san diego yeah. growing up yeah. and and you think about that and now we have a new generation those people coming up now the young family owners who came after us but those houses are still there. So there are treasures when you grew up that your family had left that are probably still on the property somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think everybody, yeah. you know, every generation, every family that comes along leaves something behind to be discovered, you know, by a subsequent generation later on. Uh, but you're very right, Mike. You look at an object. You know, in my case, I collect old radios, of course, and it's been very, very prominent for me with the old radios looking at an old radio and saying who owned this and what did they listen to and did they gather around it during the depression to hear president roosevelt and did they gather around it during world war ii to hear war news and but anything you know any anything like you mentioned a tool a wrench a glass a, a toy anything you i think you and i have the mentality i think a lot of people do also who owned this what were the people like who were they are they still with us are they gone if they're gone when did they you know when did they pass away what were they like where did they work what did they do where did they go just so many questions and i think uh, i think there's people like us that can sort of have that that mentality mike you mentioned kind of being an old soul i think that's really one definition of it we we stop and we try to place ourselves in that time period and maybe we even think, you know, some of our prized possessions that we have now while we're here. Maybe I wonder if someday somebody will look at one radio that I have now that who knows where it'll be once I'm gone. They'll, they'll say, well, who owned this? You know, and back in the late 20th century, the beginning of the 21st century, who owned it? And why did this person hang on to this? It's just it's a question, uh, Mike, I think not only of uh, just, you know, wondering that, but also uh, it's a question that transcends time, the years, the decades. It, it, it's, it's really mind-boggling when you stop and think about it. Mind-boggling and even going back to walking around the neighborhood, yeah. an older neighborhood, Smitty. I, I remember in our, our sidewalks were uh, they were put down in the 1920s and 1930s, mm-hmm. and there were people who had put their autographs and the date. And it was interesting walking around the neighborhood, and you'd see somebody who'd wrote, I try to remember the person's name, but it was, I think it was John something, but it said eleven twenty five seventeen. Wow. A hundred years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I walked across that maybe in 67, 50 years, 50 years before I first saw it, the person had stood there with a wet sidewalk mm-hmm. and, and put his or her initials on there and, and walked on. 
and went on with the rest of their life. You go over to Coronado, which is across the bridge from us here in San Diego, and they have a very old neighborhood. These some of these little bungalows and cottages were built in the 1880s, 1890s. And you go along the streets behind Orange Avenue and, and the, where the little bungalows are, and you'll see, you'll see the sidewalks. When the, uh, the concrete contractors put the sidewalks in, they would stamp a date. And you see that a lot on sure. corners in San oh, yeah. Diego. 1912, yeah. 1916. And having said that, we're talking about exploring your neighborhood where you, you look at that date and you look at that sidewalk, that, that contractor's mark, and then you lift your head up and you look around the neighborhood and you see that, well, some of these houses were still standing when this yeah. sidewalk was, was wet. Houses were concrete. there, yeah. yeah. Houses were there, and the people are different now, but there were people in those houses just like there are now. And things going on, and, and of course, technology a hundred years later, and and the social structure of the country has changed. The political climate, everything, yeah. the, the world climate has changed. But the fact of the matter is, there were still people getting through their lives, raising their kids, going to work, trying to get their bills paid. Yeah, a hundred, hundred and ten years ago. And if you walk these neighborhoods, and, and you, the listeners, you're out here. We have we have some of our good listeners. We've got Peggy out in, in uh, Burbank. In Burbank, yeah. North our Hollywood. Pa- Peggy, yeah. Some very old neighborhoods out there and, and some folks in Florida. And we even have some people in Belgium mm-hmm. that listen in and how the world has changed and how the neighborhood has changed over a period of 100 years. But those same backyards were housewives hung up their, their wash to dry out in yeah. the breeze. And maybe dad's... Uh, change the oil and and perhaps change the radiator of their model t yeah yeah life had gone on it's just on a different latitude and different altitude and structure nowadays i think so mike yeah and you know nothing remains constant as much as we'd like to believe that it does you know life goes on and people come and go and uh, you know um, we come and go and but you know i think always there's that that fascination when you're a little kid, you know, wanting to explore. I think that's probably one of the, one of the beginning, you know, one of the first things a little kid, you know, before you go out and explore the world, you explore your neighborhood and you explore the next street over and a couple blocks over, and, and there's always that fascination with wanting to know what's there and who's there, and it all really ties together. I think it all, it all comes together because we have that natural curiosity about our world and. And who's living on the next street over and what's going on over there and who's who and what's what. And uh, I imagine kids today are probably the same thing, Mike. I mean, today it's kind of interesting to think about things. I think today little kids that were our age when we were first beginning to explore our neighborhood, by now they've been exposed to a lot more than we were um, in our day by means of the Internet and television and so much material is available maybe perhaps too much material is available to them but uh, they seem to be a little bit more savvy than perhaps we were at that age yeah and even we talk about crawling around backyards and wandering a few blocks over like kids now that take out their phone they'll go to google satellite images yeah and they can explore their entire neighborhood without even leaving their couch in the yeah front room yeah and of course we always talk about the and we all had the local haunted house. Oh yes, the haunted the house. house. The house that for generations we had a house. And it was an old frame house. It was on a little trail, 
It was called Billy Goat Hill, <laughs> Billy Goat Trail or something. And it was a house, and a little lady lived there. She was probably as harmless as could be, but we had been convinced that she was evil and she was a witch. And if you went up that trail <laughs> at night on a full moon, that she was going to hatch a haunt on you yeah. or worse. Yeah. And with technology now, we talk about the local haunted house or or the area or maybe the uh, a place that you heard about a few cities over. Well, there's so many sites now. There's one now I was just looking at before we went on the air. Find out if your house or neighborhood is haunted with this <laughs> website. And it's a website. And uh, if you're creeped out, it's called House Creep. Interesting. And you can run the address or the neighborhood, and it'll tell you if there have been any deaths or uh, any suicides, any any foul play, any criminal activity, anything going on in this house or this vicinity, it'll tell you. And... Uh, there's a guy that bought a house, and during the escrow, he ran it on, I don't know if it was House Creep or another site, but he found out that it was home to 22 ghosts, including that of Mark Twain. Oh, wow. Interesting. So technology is also, we talk about being old souls, it also added a little charm to being an old soul <laughs> and uh, exploring areas or maybe a vacant lot, and you wondered wonder what was there. What kind of house was there before there was a vacant lot? Yeah. In some cases, it was always a vacant lot. But you could find out maybe the house burned down in 1955, and it was a dreadful dreadful accident. And uh, a guy had fell asleep in the back room with a lit cigarette, and how you could pedigree. Sure. And so if, you know, this is kind of an interesting episode, folks, because we always talk about the past as it relates and as it catches up in time to the future. But it'd be interesting do a little little pedigreeing, a little background of your own neighborhood. And I'll tell you what's really exciting is when you when you know somebody in the neighborhood who's lived there a lot longer than yes. you. And oh, they sure. get out the picture book, yep. the photo album, and they start talking about, well, you know, before there was a mall here, it was a trailer park, and my sister-in-law lived in a trailer park, and here's a picture. It's almost eerie how you can go back into the time, into the vibe where maybe it was a super mall or a strip mm-hmm. mall, and yeah. there was a time when it was a, a a motor colony for people coming out from the Depression from yeah. Oklahoma, yeah. and they'd stay here looking for work. So interesting stuff, because we are a memory show. And uh, we're about to run out of memory here. We are. We're, we're rapidly running out of memory, Mike. Uh-oh. Well, maybe we should wrap our show up Okay. Then. Well, we thank you, uh, folks, for uh, joining us on this episode of Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight. And, of course, if you have any memories of any early stuff like what we've talked about today, shoot us an email. Our email address is galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com, galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com. Our website is galaxymoonbeamnightsight.com. And don't forget our entire collection of now over 200 programs available for your listening pleasure at iTunes and at mixcloud.com. And as we continue with our um, with our fall 2017 season, just to, to let you know a lot of good things coming up in the next several months, a lot of uh, fun things that Mike and I are planning for you along with our our other galaxy good guy George Halalakos will be joining us uh, subsequently on some future programs. So we Thank you for uh, joining us, as you always do, and and for being with us. And uh, I think that's going to pretty much do it, uh, Mike. So until next time, I'm Smitty. I'm Mike. And we thank you for joining us here on Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network.
This is the Galaxy Nostalgia Network.